You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Um, first of all, Isaac isn't, has, didn't do Sunday School before I did, so that really threw me off because typically I would follow Isaac in the rotation, but uh, Mr. Evans jumped in, and so that, so there's a difference. So normally I would have a whole pocket full of comebacks from what Isaac had thrown the month before. Jim hasn't gotten into that routine yet, but trust me, I would imagine down the road that'll come in. The other thing, I was listening to uh, some guys on the radio, and uh, one of them does a lot of speaking at churches, and he was talking about... Uh, his son is now in the media division at their church, and he said, you know, Dad, when, they go, when you go someplace, they want to see your slides. They want to have your slides. And he's like going, you know, I'm working off the back of a napkin or something else. And so I thought, well, you know, with what I'm going to be working on this month, I'm going to throw together a PowerPoint. So done that before, haven't done it in a while. Um, so we're going to take you through this this morning. Uh, you see that the title for this month is going to be The Church. Now, just to give you some background, I did not have this lesson set up because of the special month. Um, I was sitting there just like you all, and when I heard two weeks ago, Pastor or Ben mentioned, oh, we're going to do this special ministry month, my heart dropped because all of a sudden I thought, oh, no, everything I've done is going to be a repeat, but luckily I'm first up on the docket, at least today, so... I can at least mess up everybody else's lessons, hopefully. Um, the other part was is that this had been something I probably, the Lord led me back to in December. And so I've pretty much had everything outlined and set ready to go. So you may hear a lot of repetitive over the, over the next couple of weeks, um, but that's of the Lord. If that happens, and that's, he has a reason for that to happen. So um, I promise, at least from what I heard you say this morning, I won't be stepping on too much of your toes, so I should be all right. And if not, I'll just ignore it and go on anyway. So let's open up in a word of prayer as we get started. So Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we can be together. Lord, you know that I'm not ready for this. Lord, I'm never ready for this. As much as I prepare and, Lord, as much as I study, Lord, when I get up here, understanding the tremendous responsibility that you've given me to be here, that, Lord, that... I'm unworthy. Father, it's only through your son, Jesus Christ, that I'm able to even get here to, to bring forth your word. So, Father, I pray, Lord, you be with me this morning. Father, let the words I speak be those of yours. Pray, Father, that hearts be open and receptive to what we have this morning. And we just thank you, Lord, for um, this time. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's get started. All right, well, happy anniversary. This is the month of March, if you didn't know. And this is a special kind of month. Um, later this month, we will now be celebrating another anniversary of the church. Now, just to show you how things have changed, Seth, stand up. Okay. That's me in the corner holding him. So you can start. I couldn't do that today. So um, he might hold me. That's a better point. Not too far from that. But you know, there, if you look at through that picture, um, there are many that aren't here. There is a handful 
um, from that initial group um, that are here today. And what's important about that, and as we go through, kind of came up as part of a, uh, a deacon's meeting that we had. And uh, Jim was unable to make it, so it was Pastor and I talking with Ben and, and Isaac. And as we went through, we were talking about how we got to where we got to. I mean, that's, this is unique in the fact that we still have some founding members here. So we have a story, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But we have a history that we can share with those that come through. A lot of other churches, that's not so true because they've been established for much longer, um, and they've gone through, you know, the rotation of, you know, people have gone, lost, died. But, you know, you still have a handful of folks here that can share with you kind of the foundation of Fellowship Baptist Church. And it's a unique one. I, I say unique one, but it's probably not unique in the fact that um, how we were developed and how we got started. But I think if you were to sit down and, and really understand how we got to where we got to, you'd go like, wow, you know, do we have it good today? The other thing that today is it's a happy anniversary that uh, we're back in church. It was almost a year ago that uh, we shut down. Well, we shut down here. Um, the COVID outbreak occurred uh, mid-March. Basically, everything got closed down, and basically, and, and you know, we all went online. And, and fortunately for us, the Lord had blessed us and blessed the vision for guys to put forth the media ministry. And thank you guys for all the work that you do up there. Is that, um, and that's my love. That's my advertisement. So I don't owe you any money. Um, that we were able to basically pick up and not miss too much of a beat. But as we look at the church today, it is different. The church has been affected by the outbreak. Um, you know, the, the leadership here made decisions that we thought were right to make at the point in time. We made decisions based upon what we didn't know, you know, because we had to make what was smart for the folks here. Yet, as a result of some of that, we're seeing a change. You know, churches across this country have dropped in membership. People aren't coming back. I mean, look around here. I mean, the numbers that we had a year ago are substantially less. Now, granted, we have rebounded some, but we're not to where we were. You know, we still have folks that aren't coming here. They're watching online. They're doing other things, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. But there's a change that we need to deal through. So what is the church? Well, so what comes to your mind? So is it a building? You know, when people think of Fellowship Baptist Church, do they think of the building up on Reed Road? You know, and granted, the, the Lord has blessed us in such a way with beautiful buildings, beautiful grounds, um, and again, if you don't know the story of how things developed, you know, we did a lot of things on faith. We did a lot of things on prayer. We did a lot of things on fasting. And here we are. You know, the Lord really blessed us basically because we decided to follow him. So, yeah, when you think of Fellowship Baptist Church, you go, yeah, well, there's the building. But that's really not what it is. Is it the pastor? You know, I've had people come up and go, oh, so you go to Pastor White's church. Well, yeah, Pastor White is our shepherd and Pastor White is our pastor, but 
the church isn't Pastor White. You know, it's what the church ends up being, it's the people. It's all of you. It's all of us. I mean, that's what the church is really all about. It's about us gathering together. It's us getting together, and we'll talk about some of those missions there. A church can be defined as a gathering of those who believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, who are committed to meet regularly for worship, teaching, fellowship, prayer, and who help make disciples of all people. I mean, that's kind of our function. You know, we just don't come here because we're doing it out of obligation. If that's the reason you're here, then you really need to look at why you're really here. Amen. You know, there are times where a Sunday morning it's tough to get up and get going, and it's, you know, or the, you know, we've had, you know, especially when we had little ones, you know, they were up all night, they were sick, they were crying. You know, the last thing I need to do is try to get cleaned up and ready and go to church. Um, but we did. But we didn't do it out of an obligation. We didn't do it because I thought Pastor White was sitting up there with his checkbook, his attendance book going, oh, Brian's here today, Doug's here today, oh, where's Phil? Ooh, check mark, bad. You know, but I knew that we, were, we come because we have a purpose in what we're do, to do here. Acts 2.42, and they continued, oh man, that is too far away from me. Uh, steadfastly in the, because the, the light kind of breaks out the back, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And I'm going to cheat here for a second because I can't see that in the back. So I figured I might have a problem, so I decided to back up here. So, all right, now I can see. I just got to get back to the right page. So bear with me a second. Okay, so as it continues steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking of bread and prayers. I mean, that's what the church really started to. You know, it wasn't that when the early church began, they had a church building and they had a, you know, a church raising and then all of a sudden people started coming. No, they were just meeting together. I mean, that's why it's important that we realize who we are as a church and what our function is as a church. It's not so much that we're here, it's that we're together. And that's what part of, as I mentioned earlier, part of what I think has happened in this COVID outbreak is people have forgotten about that. It's not just hearing the word of God. I mean, Pastor mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. You know, if you want to listen just to a message, you can find, it's a menu of options that are out there today. I mean, with what's available online to what used to be available where, you know, when I was growing up, the only opportunity you had to listen to uh, a pastor was you turned into the local radio station and you hoped that the radio program was of something there or you might turn into a family life radio to catch something there um, but you didn't have the options that you have today I mean, today it's at your fingertips but if that's what you're looking for is that's all you're looking for then you're sadly mistaken in how you're moving on so what's our mission so Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. A very, very familiar passage. We typically use that passage and we think of missionaries. When missionaries come in, 
this is their this is a typical standard starting point for them because they're using that as to go hey we're supposed to go out to all the world well all the world is anywhere i mean as soon as we walk out those doors we're in the world you know and, and so we have that same commission we have that same drive that same goal that we are to go out we're to teach all nations even though those might be those that come in here, we need to baptize them, which we do, and we need to observe all things. And that's an important thing that we have a tendency to forget about is as soon as we walk out those doors, we forget that we're the church. We become our own families again, and we forget about what our mission is. We forget about what our goal is. You know, just because we're not in this building doesn't mean we stop talking about Christ. Just because we leave this building doesn't mean we don't reach the lost. You know, for a long time before we had this building, when we went to baptize, it was in a pool, it was in a lake. You know, we went to other churches to baptize, but we got it done. We didn't let the building become the focal point of what our ministry, of the ministry that God intended us to do. It isn't that it's the call of the church. It's all of what we're to do there. And it's easy to lose sight of what we're here for. I mean, we're always in competition today, we think, or some do. You know, it's all about numbers. You know, it's not just a place that we gather for fellowship. I mean, granted, if one thing that we're known for here is our fellowship. You know, I mean, we have a tendency to sometimes take that a little too far. Not that you can, but, you know, we, when the pastor says, hey, come on, let's go, we got to get started, you know, it's because we're all yakking and talking and fellowshipping with one another. But it's not just coming to have that relationship, although the fellowship is important that we do, but it's not just for that. It's not just for the programs. You know, as people come to look for a church, they're going, well, what's in it for me? What's in it for my kids? You know, what do you have that I can use to help me better raise my family? You know, and churches can get so focused on programs. You know, are we doing this? Are we doing that? Is our music, we're not going to talk much about music today, but is our music one that really edifies the Lord, or is it being used to what we think draw people in? Because if we have a certain kind of music, people will feel more comfortable and therefore want to come in the door. Well, again, why do we want them here? Do we want them here just for the, just for the numbers? Or do we really want them here so we can help them further advance their life with the Lord? And it's not just a babysitting service. You know, um, some will just drop their kids off and go, here, I'll be back in two hours to pick up my kids. You know, although we welcome to those children, we want to help minister to those children, we want to see those children come to know the Lord and join the Lord, we'd really like to get to the parents as well. <clears throat> I mean, because that's where it starts with. Families, as we look at the degradation of the nation today, it starts a lot with the families. And it has, it's happened because the church hasn't done, in my opinion, hasn't done their due diligence to make sure that we're really making families stronger. We're more worried about, oh, well, we got to have more numbers. You know, oh, I had this many. 
you know, pastor has mentioned on a couple of different occasions when early on when he would have pastor breakfast or whatever those guys do to get together, they'd always talk numbers. You know, Pastor Evans, I bet at one point in time you probably were at that some, some kind of conference or whatever, and it's like, so what are you running today? You know, what do your numbers look like? Well, numbers are, are important, but they're not. Right. You know, the numbers are important means that you are actually going out and doing what you're supposed to do. But if you go back to that picture that I showed of, the, of our first gathering, that wasn't a huge church. That wasn't huge numbers. There were probably, what, Jim, 10 families? Maybe, maybe that, if we're lucky. Of course, we had families with a bunch of kids, so that's what made that picture look so big. But, um, and look what the Lord has done with us. Look at how the Lord has taken a small group of people and because of their faithfulness has grown to this facility, have grown to this crowd. You know, and the Lord has just continued to replace and add as he feels it's needed. A church is on a mission. It's to glorify God by proclaiming the gospel to the lost and making Christ-like disciples who make Christ-like disciples. So we'll talk a little bit more of that as we go forward. So the church's mission is to glorify God by proclaiming the gospel to the lost. I mean, that's what we're here for. And again, that's why it's important for us to understand that the church isn't just in here. The church is when we all walk out there. Amen. That our objective, that our goal, our mission is to share the gospel. Without the gospel, there is no hope. And in today's world, especially as we look at what goes around, what's going on around us, there is no hope. Unless they know Jesus Christ is their Savior, there's no hope for where we're headed. I mean, that's what gives us that confidence. That's what gives us that security that we know that the Lord is in control. Mark 1, 14 through 15 says, Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe in the gospel. So let's talk of John the Baptist. He's locked up in prison, and Jesus begins his ministry. Now, he didn't start his ministry to make sure that everybody that was sick was healed. He didn't start his ministry to make sure that everybody was blind could see, those that were that lame could walk again, although he did those things. You know, we spent a lot of time the last, in the last group of lessons talking about some of those miracles that Jesus did and having that expectation. But that's what we're here for. We're here to spread that gospel. And as a church, we need to make sure that that's our focal point. Now, granted, there are lessons that seem to deviate that aren't focused exactly on that. But if you look, everything comes back to the gospel. Every message that pastor preaches, every lesson that each one of the Sunday school teachers bring, although Jesus may not be mentioned directly, everything ties back to the gospel. Because that's what it's all about. That's what the Word of God is all about. It all is about focusing upon the gospel. Mark 16, 15 through 16 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that not believeth not shall be damned. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole good news of the gospel. 
If you believe that, you have a bright eternity ahead of you. But if you choose not to, it's not so bright. And that's our focus. There are many false teachers out there, and Satan is using them and the church to muddy the waters. I mean, when we sit, and again, I guess I need to come back to this, is when we talk about the church, there are many churches that are out there that don't believe in Jesus Christ. There are many churches that are out there that are preaching a false doctrine. And they are doing all they can to drag people in. Because if they can bring them in, if they can get them to even believe into their false gospel, that's another notch on the belt for Satan. That's another lost soul that Satan can have. Because that's what he's all about. He's all about trying to destroy what God is trying to do and by bringing people to, the, to know him. Because as we mentioned, the gospel is for all. It's not just for a few. It's not just for some. It's for all. And that's where the church especially in today's world, they, have, they can really drag away. And I, and I say today's world, but it's been going all time. I mean, if we look at the churches of 100 years ago, of 200 years ago, and look at, and look at some of their doctrines, they weren't focusing on the Lord. They weren't focusing on the gospel. They were focusing on other things. Galatians 1, 6-9 says, I marvel that ye are soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But, th but through we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you that which was have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that ye have received, let him be accursed." So there was the warning way back when, that there was the potential of a false doctrine, and yet we still see it true today. So as we continue on, proclaiming the gospel to all people, John 1.29 says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Very familiar passage, John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 4, 42. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this indeed, the Christ, the Savior of the world. The church doesn't care who gets to hear the gospel at all. It can go, we're called for every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Now, as a church, we do our best to support missionaries that follow that same mission. But what about you? Are you that taking that same responsibility as a missionary? Are you really taking the gospel out to those around to bring them forward? Our mission is to glorify God by making Christ-like disciples. This is kind of what, again, going back to what I said in my intro, this is kind of what started this whole lesson plan was in talking with Isaac and Ben. Because Pastor and I were sitting there going, well, yeah, well, we've done it this way, and here's why. Well, why did you do it that way? Well, just because we have. 
Because way back when, I can say way back when now because I seem to be forgetting more than I remember. When we started this church, we had to make some decisions. The Lord provided the right people, the right information, that we had to make some hard decisions that were not what normally were done. I mean, one, for example, we decided we weren't going to go in debt for this building. You know, and for, you know, if you've not heard the stories, we spent time bouncing from facility to facility to facility and still holding church, having a church service, yet we were tearing up, we were putting up on Saturday night, tearing down on Sunday afternoon, you know, and as once was noted, we were the church of the, the run and jump because we were just bouncing from spot to spot. We were never, you know, we were like nomads. If we'd have had a tent that we could have just taken down and put around, that probably would have been us. But we take for granted, and I say we, we that are the older group, we take for, we take for granted the lessons that we learned, the decisions that the Lord led us to, that the younger generation just knows. Well, how are they going to know unless we tell them? And that's what we're here to do, partly as a church. So let me ask you this. How many of you are first-generation Christians? Can you raise your hands for me? Yes? Okay. All right. Well, not, a, not more than I, less than I thought. But, you know, the one thing that, and I'm a first-generation Christian. My parents weren't saved, wasn't brought up in a Christian home. Um, yeah, I was saved at an early age, but it was because of the neighbor kids that dragged me to church and where I got to understand the gospel, and I made that decision. But not living in a Christian home, decisions were made not based upon what God wanted to do, but based on the world. And yet, when we have the next generation come up, and, and I, you know, I have an, I've been blessed that a number of my children are members here and are still faithful here. I have a couple that have one that's faithful in a church she's at in Kansas. So, you know, I know that that started, but to understand the decisions that we made, that the blessings that we saw, because we were, when Pansy and I got married, we weren't going to church anywhere. We were not living for the Lord. But yet, you know, we had struggles that we later knew that God had his hand in. And the way that he has made our lives, how we've gotten closer to him through these years, has somewhat been a block for our children. Because they don't see, they don't see the struggle. They don't see the times that we prayed heavily over a child. They don't see the time that we were praying Lord, I don't know how we're going to make our payments. You know, we were, we were tight with money. We were still tithing. We were still giving to the church. But money was tight. For a, for a while, we were surviving because of my expense checks. Because I was driving my car for work, I was getting expense checks every week to cover the mileage. And that's how we paid for food. You know, my kids don't know that. My kids know that the refrigerator's stocked, the pantry's full, the freezers out in the garage are full of meat. You know, and if they need something, it's available to them. It's the same thing here as the church. You know, there are, there's a generation here 
that don't know the struggles that we went through. They don't know of getting phone calls from the school going, hey, you left your windows open. Um, hey, you left the door unlocked. Um, and then just the struggle of, of getting by and getting set. But the Lord blessed us to where we are today. So it's important that we send that to the next generation. How we live affects others in the future. Decisions that we make as a church will affect those that come later. You know, and that's what's unique about the way that we're structured. And we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks. Is that we are different than most. Our decisions that are made here are made with God as the head and pastor as the shepherd. You know, unlike many others, and like I said, we'll get into that in the next couple of weeks, where there's a board, where there's other people that are making decisions. Um, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 78. I want to just hit this real quick. As you turn there, we realize that we have a story to tell. You know, we have a story to tell as a church. We have a story to tell as parents to our children. You know, pastors probably told stories to Isaac. Isaac is now sharing some of those same stories with his children of how God has blessed and how he continues to. So in Psalms chapter 78, verse 1, we'll read through verse 8. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and of his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children. That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the words of God, works of God, but keep his commandments. And might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The psalmist here tells the next generation of the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his power and the wonders that he's done. I mean, that's one thing that we can do. We can share with that next generation about how God has really had an impact in our lives. Amen. How God has opened doors for us that typically would not be open. How God has led us to um, directions that we would not normally have been able to find to. We can give God the praise for that. Yet along with that, we can tell about how bad decisions have been made. Pastors talked about it on a number of occasions of people that have come in for counseling that have made wrong decisions, that ignore the truth of the, of the word. And as a result, have bad, have bad results. Our testimony is not only as individuals, but as a church. Again, you look at how God has blessed this church, how the 
how the lessons that we've learned, how the struggles that we've gone through, the time that we spent um, in this building erecting it, you know, knowing that um, the township has laid a, a tax lien against us, which we couldn't understand why, but said, oh, well, you guys right now are just a club because you're really not having church attendance. Remember? And it was a big bill. Ten grand. That's thank you. I knew it was big. I couldn't remember how much. And that's what they were going to charge us. Because they said, oh, you got a nice building. But, you know, we've known other churches that have established buildings, say they're going to build a church, and it becomes more of a, uh, uh, a meeting place. So we're not going to do that. So they put us on a gun. They put us on a timeline. And you want to talk about a group of people that spent time in prayer and fasting thinking, how are we going to get there? And we can testify that on a particular Sunday, we just said we're going to have a, we're going to have a big offering. We got to have this offering, otherwise we're gonna, we're not going to be able to get things finished. And lo and behold, God in His mercy provided everything we needed so that we could move forward. From a church that was again not much bigger than that picture that you saw, not a person in there that you would claim to be rich, that Lord used that to develop and to move forward. I want to move quickly through here because I'm running out of time. Winston Churchill has a famous quote that says, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. You know, are we not seeing that come to fruition today? You know, people have forgotten decisions that were made. They've forgotten about the sacrifices and the beginnings of this country that have put us in a very, very bad position. The Bible records history of God so that following generations may learn from them. I mean, that's what this is all about. That's what this word is. Is there, there are stories, there is history here that we need to learn from. And it's through learning through that history will help us move forward. I want to get back to something else here real quick so I can close. So in 2 Timothy 2.2, it says, In the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to thou faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. So that's your challenge today. It says faithful men, but women can be included. Our challenge as a church is not only to proclaim the gospel, but it's to develop discipleships, Christ-like people that will follow in our footsteps. And we're seeing that happen today. You know, we're seeing our children, we're seeing young people step up and taking over leadership roles and mission roles in this church. And pastors gonna, and Ben will be talking through that through this month as we look at the workings of our church. With that, let's close in word of prayer. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.